Sorry, we were, uh, A, in an in-depth conversation with the boss, and B, searching for the lid of my coffee mug. <laughs> Big-time stuff happening off the air. Uh, I, so just to put a little twisty tie, a bow tie. Wait, it wouldn't be a bow tie. It would be an actual tie-tie. On Hour 2, which has been brought to you by Allison Insurance, and as we kick off Hour 3, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. More on them in a second. Give Josh Tucker a call at Roof Tech, 405-703-4245. Locally owned and operated for 30 years. They guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. You're okay with renovation. No need to go out and build something new, right? When it comes to Arrowhead, I mean, I don't know. You could probably talk me into a brand new stadium when, you know, the design's out there and the location because – it is challenging getting in and out of Arrowhead Stadium. It's, you know, from that perspective. Yeah, you know, I said good ingress, egress. That's not correct. That's an incorrect statement. It's not, you know, it's it's behind the times in that regard. You know, it's it's not, it could be better in terms of that element for sure. But there's something to, you know, like for Kansas basketball, don't ever leave Allen Fieldhouse. Kansas City Chiefs football, you don't have to reinvent Arrowhead Stadium. It's special to be the loudest outdoor stadium in football. I mean, you don't need to change that. You can renovate it and, you know, I don't know. I, I The ghost of Arrowhead, right? The ghost of this building or that building. I mean, I, I get into that. I dig that. The ghost of Bush Stadium for me as a Cardinal fan. Well, as a one-time Cardinal fan, I guess you could say. As a Cardinal fan whenever he was seven years old. And then he understood the greatness of Dodger Blue. Like, do you want the Dodgers to leave Chavez? No! It's insanity, right? (laughs) How dare you suggest that? There are certain – sorry, Mark. There are certain stadiums that it's just – it's kind of ingrained. Like Fenway Park. Could you imagine the Red Sox – they should have never moved out of Yankee Stadium. No, it's been a mistake. Never. But could you imagine the Red Sox going, oh, we've got this development in – South Boston, and they're going to move our, our club there. It's going to be a state-of-the-art facility. Like, eh, eh. you How about this? this is, we have the greatest example right under our bleeping nose. Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. There's one. But how about the Cotton Bowl? The biggest game in college football ever. Nationally amongst them. But in my, biggest game in college football ever is played in a dilapidated, outdated stadium that I can't get enough of and I love to death. And it's the only event there, and you have a shiny, brand-new uh, Tesla, Rolls-Royce house in, in Jerry World that you know they're salivating to have that game every year. But eh, there's something about the Cotton Bowl. There's something about Arrowhead. There's well, something about these stadiums. And the Cotton Bowl, again, I think you can get in there and renovate and update the Cotton Bowl and keep it at the Cotton Bowl. Right. I mean, you're only hosting one game a year. I mean, literally. One that matters. I, I, I shouldn't say that. Two or three that matter on the college ranks. Some high school games are played in there, but you literally one to two main events all year in that stadium. Well, the Cotton Bowl synonymous with OU taxes. So my point is there's certain stadiums that when you start hearing, hey, either that's not going to happen there or they're thinking about moving to another stadium, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, as long as you keep up, and from what I've been told, as much as I miss the old Bush Stadium, I'm, I miss it like crazy. 
because I grew up there, and that's where I went to games. But there, oh, the infrastructure of it's fallen apart. It was terrible. And, okay, I don't know. And maybe some of that is happening at Arrowhead. Maybe some of that we know it's happened at places like O.co. There's places where a change needs to be happen. Uh, it needs to take place. But then there's also that side where you're like, eh. The nostalgia, man. I need to go fix that. Let's let's go fix that plumbing. What do you, you got to get duct tape? Yeah, just duct tape it. We, we got to stay in the stadium. <laughs> I, don't need my, I don't need my hot water to immediately be hot when it turns on, okay? It's okay. Like I said, you could maybe start interesting me in that a little bit if you show me some of the designs. Sure. And, and then I'll say, whoa. All of a sudden, I'm wowed by you know the possibilities of it. If it's not an outdoor stadium, though, you've totally lost me. But uh, you know what? It kind of dives right in to the top five stories of the day, brought to you by Tech of Oklahoma. Josh Tucker, your man at 405-703-4245, because big story number five. Number five. is a little bit more from the NFL. So some buzz about a new stadium for the Kansas City Chiefs is starting to develop. Meanwhile, we heard from from coaches and some GMs yesterday, like Kevin Stefanski, who talked about the need for closure in the Baker Mayfield situation because, well, as it stands right now, they've got three quarterbacks on their roster. They're getting paid a lot next year. We'll see. Uh, I think everybody understands the situation, uh, and we're hoping that there's closure to it uh, at some point. So then from that perspective, Kevin Stefanski, what's the plan for a potential suspension for Deshaun Watson? I think we have a good plan moving forward, but that'll be an evolution. Until we know that final answer, it's, it's really speaking in hypotheticals right now. You have to be ready, uh, whatever decision is made, uh, potentially to go with Jacoby for a portion of it or not. March 29th, year of our Lord, 2022. As of this moment, 10, oh, sorry, 11.09 a.m., on the Ref Sports Radio Network, Josh Helmer, what's the sense you get about the length of a Deshaun Watson suspension? I have no sense. None. <laughs> Arnie thinks three games. And I'm like, dude, no. This is at least. Matching Roethlisberger's? At le- now, Roethlisberger had six, and then I think it was bet down, if you will, to three. But I I think this could be the biggest suspension we've ever seen in the NFL. I don't and know I don't know what the NFL that. I don't know what the NFL PA has as far as the rules. Like is there you could only suspend someone for either six games or a season or something of that nature. And I wonder But you don't think that's gonna be the case. I don't. I, I think the NFL is going to look at last season having been a little bit already of Deshaun Watson's suspension, right, wrong, or the other. He's going to get several games. I don't think he'll get I don't think he'll get more than what Roethlisberger got. So do you think do you think then there's a sense cuz I'm really I'm in the weeds on this by the way. Do you think that there's a sense that a year off even though he got paid for it, right, is still Yes, I do. Okay. I think that they're not going to come out publicly and say that. But I do think that, look, the NFL wants its stars playing football games. And unless there's a charge that gets, you know, unless a charge sticks, so to speak, I mean, the criminal charges have gotten thrown out. I was trying to look through here. Um, Michael Vick was suspended for two regular season games in the 2009 season 
But then again, he was he was in jail for yeah, a couple he, of years. He, so he served his um Pac- served his time, Dude, right? I didn't realize Pac-Man Jones has been all over the suspension list. I guess in 2007, uh, first eight games for battery and assault during the offseason. In 2008, fighting with a bodyguard, indefinite suspension. Ultimately, bet down to a minimum of four games. Huh. Yeah, you might be right. Ben Roethlisberger, first six games. I apologize. That went down to four. But, yeah, it's – it's fascinating when you start thinking about using history here, what it might say about the length that Deshaun Watson will get. All right, anyway, so there's what Kevin Stefanski had to say. We'll wait on Baker. Meanwhile, there's another big contract this offseason, and that's Lamar Jackson. I'm sure Lamar wants to get it done. Eric wants to get it done. It's just a matter of when it's going to get done. So sooner would be great. Later's okay, too. But uh, him, him being focused on being the best player he can be right now as a coach, you know, it makes my heart swell a little bit. And 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 Derek Carr as well. Derek's fit on the team as a player is obviously what we're looking for and what we want to try to build around. I mean, you know, our relationship continues to uh, to grow personally. Uh, we, we won't be able to do anything on the field here for a little bit, but, you know, that'll be a process. And I think ultimately, you know, you try to do what's best for the team, and I think both sides got to do what's best for, you know, when we get into those conversations with Derek, you know, Derek's going to have to make decisions about what's best for him. That's what each man's right is, and they should do that for their families. And at the same time, you know, we got to try to do what's right for the team. You know, there'll they'll be a sweet spot in there, hopefully, for everybody, and we'll be excited to go forward like that. Okay, who was that speaking? Okay, I'm sorry. I did not give any names. John Harbaugh first, then Josh McDaniel second. Okay, I knew it was Harbaugh, and I thought it was McDaniel. That sounds positive to me in regards to Derek Carr. He has me sold that, at least for the moment, if they can get the price right, Carr's in their long-term plans. Agreed. And I didn't think that before hearing that cut. No, he is. But they are doing a good job of kind of, well, you know, got to find that sweet spot in the negotiation. Right, as in if the negotiation, negotiations aren't what they should be, well, up, oh, see you later. He's our guy, but, you know, we're still looking for that sweet spot in there. And even if you're not – totally behooven to Derek Carr moving forward, getting a long-term deal done should help them move Derek Carr. You're right. If, if they just, because trust me, I don't think Matt Ryan, and I know that we could fight about this on Twitter all day long, and we've just talked 10 minutes about the NFL, but I don't think suddenly the Colts are going to resurrect the career of Matt Ryan. Colts think, are driving me crazy, man. <laughs> all right, uh, big story number four. Number four. Be quick here. And in fact, we can be quick on four, three, and two. Uh, big story number four. Shea Gilgis Alexander is out for the season, according to Mark Dagnalt's report last night. The, I mean, shocked? Probably not. But much like with Josh Giddy, what was that, two weeks ago? Three, maybe a little bit more than that. Whenever they made the announcement that he's going to be out for the rest of the season. A Thunder team, which, by the way, isn't too terribly far behind the Lakers, <laughs> to be honest with you right now. Yeah, think about that. That is I know, right? Nuts. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, I mean, they are, what, nine and a half behind them? But yeah, still, still, I still. mean, that's um, for teams that 
for a team that came in with championship aspirations to a team that came in with tanking aspirations. And suddenly, Josh Helmer, with this decision to sit uh, – I'm sorry, the injury that is keeping Shea Gilgis-Alexander out the rest of the season, we are on no more quality wins alert, right? I mean, this is now that point where if you're battling for one – we can't we can't have what happened in overtime to Portland anymore. One thirty four, one thirty one last night. They got the win. Yeah, I mean they've won two out of their last three games. What are we doing? And that was after what a long losing streak. Yeah. So the Thunder have seven games left in the season. Gosh, we've only got seven games left in the NBA season. Yep, seven games left. So, and they played Detroit in one of them. That might be a game where they just. Pass the ball to each other. Here, no you. Like the South Park when neither team wanted to win. That could end up being April 1st. That could be end up being Friday night. No, you guys are so good. We're the real losers. <laughs> yeah. Epic underrated episode. But SGA played a large portion of this season. And I mean, obviously. He was the, great. The intention here is clear. You're trying to lose these final seven, and you're hoping those other teams in the mix for you know, the Tankathon award, win a couple of theirs along the way. Does OKC doesn't really play any of those teams, huh? That, just Detroit. Detroit, yeah. and then everybody else is pretty good. I, Portland, well, Portland stinks. Let's see here. Hold on. Portland, they're also kind of in that mix. No, Portland's got too many wins. They've got 27 wins. Dude, if the Lakers don't even miss – you know what? That's probably the best thing for that franchise. If they miss the play-in miss the playoffs. Yeah, miss the play-in. Because – there is a ridiculous chance that they can make the play-in and win a series if Anthony Davis gets healthy. Are you Team Paulo Boncaro if yes. OKC wins the yes. draft lottery? I, I am. I know. Maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. But, and you know what, to be honest with you, Sam Presti has gone the path of, of best available. Best available. And he's, he's tapped the Euro market quite a bit the last couple of years. But, Man, if Ben if Boncaro is there and you're picking one, he's my guy. I dig Jabari Smith though. Yeah. Okay. Where is Chet Holmgren for you? Is what top, I'm getting at. Chet, Hol- Chet Holmgren is top five, and I could totally see Sam Presti being in love with him. Totally. Can you imagine Holmgren and Pokashevsky in a bench press off? Yeah, I could. To- that body type, style, improvement, right? From what he, what was it? His freshman, his sophomore, or senior to freshman or whatever it was. Chad Holmgren got some game here now, but he's another one of those guys to where Very, physically he's got to really, really develop. I've got three names that I would desperately want given where the Thunder are picking. I'll just real quick. Desperately want Ben Carroll. Or Bon Carroll, excuse me. Kid out of Duke. Love him. Um, I would say what you're looking then at maybe pick 10, 15 in there. Uh, I dig Jalen Dern out of Memphis. Stud. Hmm. Like him a lot. Big guy. Uh, and then it, what? what's the other pick they have? Third, Potentially the last pick in the first round. Uh, this is where I think you really swing for uh, someone like Kendall Brown, EJ Liddell. A lot of, lot of guys that interest me with their – are we going to end up with three for Oklahoma City? Is that what it looks like right now? Because one of them – yeah, it looks like you ended up with three this draft. Got to hit on. Yeah, I need to do some digging to be totally 
transparent with because you. they have the Clippers first round pick, which looks like it's going to be a top twenty pick right now at fifteen. So it will convey or no? Um, I listen. I get so confused in that world right now. <laughs> I need a lifeline. I need a Thunder draft. Or are they actually getting that pick? Jaden Ivy, yay, nay, yay. To yay? pair with SGA, yay. I mean, look, I, I think. To me, you need star players, and I don't care if they play guard or shooting guard or small forward. Give or me some ballers. If if they win the draft lottery, I think you got to take Paulo Boncaro. He's star. Um, I don't know. That's plenty of thunder talk for one day. Big story number three. Number three. And 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 big story number two. I'll kind of put them together here so we can get number moving. two. It's about scheduling tonight. Right, OU baseball on the road tonight. Big showdown with Oklahoma State up in T-Town. First pitch. Now, we'll have you covered on our flagship station, the Ref 1499.3 FM in Norman. And then I think 1430 The Buzz is carrying it in Tulsa. 7 o'clock first pitch, 630 pregame. Weather is dicey in both Tulsa and in Oklahoma City and Norman tonight, but it looks, it looks like it might not be until later this evening. So someone get T Row a hotel up in Tulsa so he doesn't have to drive back tonight. Don't want don't want to be worrying about him on the road steering. Indeed, the and he could just dial in. And he doesn't ha- he doesn't have one of those red Ford trucks like the kid that drove through the tornado had the thing land on its side. Jump right back up and drive on. Actually, his car might do that. But Oklahoma's yeah, Oklahoma frowned State upon. Do not do that. Meanwhile, tonight at 6 p.m., um, did, I, did I mention I have tickets to give away? You did, yeah. We need to I get that accomplished before that. we get out of here. Yeah, probably need to do that. Um, but Oklahoma and, and Wichita State coming up later on this evening. If you missed any at 6 o'clock with the first pitch, if you missed any of our conversation with DJ San- uh, Shan- <clears throat> DJ Sanchez, you can find it on the podcast page. Wichita State comes in. Of course, the team that the Sooners beat in the regional last year, 17-9 and on the season so far. They're coming off a pretty challenging Mizuno Classic where they went 2-2. Two and two. They... <laughs> There are two games they won over Kansas City. They won by a combined score of 26-7. to The two games they lost, they lost by a combined score of 18-2. to They get OU tonight before traveling up the turnpike to take on Tulsa in the start of American Athletic Conference play this weekend, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, Josh, when we come back, let's go all in on some more pro, uh, post- I mean, what's it even post-practice? Spring practice. Spring practice availability. We'll hear from Danny Stutzman uh, and more from Coach Brent Venables next right here on The Ref. Are we rooting for Kansas in the Final Four? I'm rooting for Kansas in the Final Four. Okay. I didn't say no. I wanted to make a collective decision as a show. I think a lot of Oklahoma fans are pulling for North Carolina and, and Brady Manick. Gotcha. To okay. see him okay. win a national championship. Which would be a sensational story. And remember, as Hubert Davis was hired, I nailed this. I told you Hubert Davis was a bad hire. It was a bust hire. <laughs> Still <and> might be. <laughs> this thing wasn't going to work out. It's so far so good for me on that decision. I don't think you're necessarily wrong yet. It, 
Bill Guthridge, may he rest in peace, was the replacement for Dean Smith. He retired after three years as the replacement for Dean Smith. Went to two Final Fours in his first three years, but did it the second time as like a nine seed. So doesn't and, necessarily mean that they were great, but and this is an eight seed. Yeah, this year for North Carolina. Wow. Did you did you dive into that story I sent you from Gary Parish? No, but can I tell you something funny about it? You're not the only person that sent that to me. Oh, really? Which is, yeah, so I have a couple of different threads on DMs for shows that we do, and in every thread it was sent to me, which is cool. So I just started on it, actually, earlier this morning. But it kind of it kind of ties into the question of who's the face of college basketball once Krzyzewski retires, Right. And maybe Bill Self, if he takes a team that's not one of his best teams. I mean, there's not a lottery pick on this roster. No, and that's something Gary Parrish touched on that. You start thinking about Kansas teams and his tenure there. This is, you know, wild, but it's his 19th season at Kansas, his fourth Final Four, and you can make a pretty solid argument that this is maybe his sixth seventh best team at Kansas and if he can win his second national championship with this group yeah you start talking about you know life post Mike Krzyzewski and no doubt Bill Self is going to be in the mix as you know the preeminent coach in college basketball one of the top coaches in college basketball it would go this is why I told you yesterday if it's not Hubert Davis winning his first national championship the man that would benefit the most from this title is not Coach K. Right. It's not Jay Wright. It's Bill, Bill Self. Self. Maybe I'll have to put on pause whether or not there's a lottery pick on this roster because I am seeing Ochai Obaji as a top 15 pick right now, which – But I, I don't think anybody looks at Ochai Obaji and says, well, okay, that's the next right. Kobe Bryant in the NBA or the next – Kevin Durant or whoever. Yeah, especially when you can can consider that in the top six projected picks, there's two Duke Blue Devils, right? And there's three or four Gonzaga Bulldogs that are projected to be first-round picks. So, I mean, it's just – yeah, he's got a really good player. But as a supporting cast, I mean, we're not – David McCormick isn't a guy – that we're looking at, like, some of their bigs. Well, in that really good player is not Joel Embiid. It's Ochai Abaji. And I, look, ding, ding, ding. Abaji's fabulous. He's a fantastic college player. He's worked himself into the neighborhood of being a lottery pick. But, again, <laughs> it's not Paulo Boncaro. It's not Joel Embiid. It's not Chet Holmgren. It's an Ochai Abaji team that, hmm. honestly – is kind of him and I don't want to say role players because they're playing at Kansas and there's some NBA guys on there, but I don't think we're going to be talking about many guys from this 2021-2022 team playing in the league for a long time. But I've been proven wrong before. Anyway, it's a good article. We'll dive into it coming up here in a bit. Two quick print Venables cuts before the break? Absolutely. So there's been a lot of debate about Trey Morrison this morning because Trey Morrison – was mentioned by Brent Venables when he was talking about the backers. And and the funny thing about it is Trey Morrison isn't a guy that you necessarily would look at as a linebacker. But 
in Britain we trust, man. And he was asked about Trey during his media availability yesterday. Here's what BV said. Well, I mean, again, he's not he's not up here and down here and up here and down here. Um, he, he shows up with a consistent mindset, uh, knows how to respond, can more quickly take a new language and translate it to what he understands in regards to football 101 and should, which should expedite you know his development uh, schematically. He's playing with a uh, I don't know he's got a cast like right here so it's he's immobile so that's a tough thing for any uh, DB type position you know because you're in man or zone and tackling and all those getting off of blocks and all the perimeter screens but love his mindset love his attitude he's been really good uh, he's a team really good teammate just has a maturity about him like you would hope you know a lot of the transfer guys do and um he's uh has showed up with here with no entitlement whatsoever and has completely bought into what we've asked him to do so really been pleased that's those are the things that we hoped that we would get from all of them and uh, but he's done a great job with that. And um, again, he can play in space. Got a really good skill set too. He's a tough kid, and uh, plays fast. And uh, like I said, he's a, he's got one arm tied behind his back right now. But has has done a, a really good job. <laughs> one arm tied. I laughed at that. Like I laughed at Miguel Chavis constantly talking about the guys are only working out in their underwear. And I felt like a dope that I was just – just to clarify for some of you, he's talking about not wearing pads. And he go, and he kind of looked at me, and I was like, God, just I wanted to make sure. You never know. I heard him say they're working out in their underwear. I don't like that. You just – you never know, Ryan. I'm here to clarify. You want a little Dylan Gabriel talk here real quick too? Would love some DG the brand conversation. Yeah, he's he's got uh, to me, in my opinion, he has those special qualities. Um, he's uh, very humble, and um, he's not loud and braggadocious, and you know, making any kind of proclamations. He doesn't need to, and he's he does it with his work, his competitiveness, his toughness. Obviously, he has street credibility with the players because of what he has done um, at a high level, and then all all he's done since he's been here is work. And uh, he inspires, he encourages, he leads by example, uh, takes responsibility, takes responsibility even when it's not his fault, uh, like the good ones will do. And, uh, again, just brings out the best in people. So uh, both sides of the ball, he's, he's been great. He's been, like I said before, he's been a pro in every way. BV, man. Kind of guy you need, right? Yeah. I mean, going through a transition here, and Oklahoma's been a place where you've gotten – star quarterback play it's been a long time for us as fans as media people in this market that we've seen just okay quarterback play no it's been a run of I mean it's getting to the point I mean the longer this thing goes to where it might be the greatest stretch of consistent quarterback play in college football history. Oh yeah. So to be that guy, Dylan Gabriel, coming in here with that type Are of they're on their journey. Oh, oh, all- oh, hold on, coach. Yeah, but I agree. <laughs> it's obviously important that he's a good leader. All right, I do have an update, Josh. Sorry, BV. Now it's on my breaking news. Breaking news: The NFL, the gift that keeps on giving, is given again. Patrick Mahomes retiring. No, I'm kidding. Um, the NFL. What? <laughs> By the way, thank you to Blaine who sent this to me. 
I was actually just trying to make sense of it on the interwebs. The NFL is changing its overtime. Both teams will have a possession, but for now it's in the postseason only. So regardless of touchdown, whatever. Oh, my gosh. So Um, lame. So there you go. There you go, you bunch of babies. You got your way. Regular season overtime rules remain the same. So you will have different rules in the postseason. I hate it. It was the Indy Philly proposal, which basically allows both teams to have a possession. Okay. Another slap in the face to defense. Hmm. Yeah, well. I mean, I felt I don't have a problem with having different rules in the postseason than I do the regular season. We already had different rules, didn't we? Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to read up on a couple of these things. One, uh, here, one coach offered a prediction about the new modified overtime rules for postseason only. Many teams that get the ball and score a touchdown will go for two rather than allowing the second team to do it and end the game. Yeah, I don't know about all I don't that. Know about that. I, because if you don't get the two-point conversion, then the other team, all they got to do is score a touchdown and kick a PAT. I, you know, the part I don't like about this is – I'm sorry, it, my, my Unsolved Mysteries music is still going on the update. I apologize. It's it's such a distinct advantage, really, for the team that gets the football second now. You get four downs to play with instead of three. I don't know. I'm just not crazy about it. I, I think it was fine the way it was. If you can't keep a team out of the end zone, then sorry. You're going home. So, NFL – why does my oh there we go? NFL owners weren't willing to go all the way and implement the rule change for the regular season. Well, yeah, I mean, there's no need for it for the regular season. The change comes after some NFL coaches, including Mike Tomlin, advocated for the old school sudden death overtime format during the owners' meetings. Yes, Mike Tomlin, my man. Who cares if you can't keep him from kicking a field goal? You're done. It, uh, Ari Merov Mir- uh, said a couple, Josh Allen would have been on the field this past postseason. Patrick Mahomes would have been on the field the 2019 AFC Championship game. Matt Ryan would have been on the field at Super Bowl 51 against the Patriots. Yeah. So Well, that's great. And we'll see how much everybody loves it when we <laughs> get to our two-overtime game. <laughs> There is a precedent for changing a rule first for the postseason and then going back and changing the rule for the regular season. We'll see if that is where this ultimately is headed, writes Judy Batista. There you go. Playing rule proposal one was amended. Both teams are now guaranteed a possession in overtime in the postseason. Let's bring back pass interference challenges. Come I, on, we're in the business of changing everything. Hey, hey, man, that was one that I had completely forgot about having bit changed, having what in three, two, one, having been changed, and we went through the first couple of games of the season. I can't believe people aren't challenging. <laughs> we're like, oh, they can't. Uh, I do like this though. Team with the best defense will win. You'll end up liking the overtime rule. I, I'm not against it. Off the air, comfort solutions text line. Oh, I am. I hate it. 
I think it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Everybody sits there and cries, and so they change the rule. <sighs> we already changed it. And it's funny because you have both benefited and lost yes. opportunities because of it. So you don't come at it from uh, any perspective other than let's just do what's right. And I said after Kansas City lost to New England, you know what? Don't let them score a touchdown. New rules, new era, new National Football League. I like how some people will be over. That's like the Mike Greenberg overdramatic. The balance of the season is hanging <laughs> right. The integrity of the shield is We'll on be the right line. back. You know, I can't wait until three years when we revisit. Ah, oh, we've got too many of these second overtime games. I'm so sick of these overtime games going five overtimes. Yeah, that's what's coming. We should just have it go back to sudden death. <laughs> All right, quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, well, let's catch up. Got a few more cuts. Danny Stutzman next, uh, and then some news to wrap it up. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. You want to hit a couple of these texts from the show today? Absolutely, I would love to. Um, okay, that's a fair question. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Krista, we need to put out an APB for Grace Green. She's gone missing. No. It's hard to get in this lineup. I think Grace would be the first person to tell you that. And when you get an opportunity and you take advantage of it, you, you're going to get more chances. Grace, pinch hit against Mississippi State, hit a home run, started the next game. So it's just it's – where do you slide someone in, Josh? Like look how well Alyssa Brito is playing. She's been on fire. But yet – you know, trying to get Kinsey Hansen back in the lineup and Jocelyn Allo needs to play the field, you're going to be on the bench. Look yeah. at Lou. Look at Lou fighting to get in the lineup. It is a competitive lineup, man. It's not not easy to crack that lineup, no doubt. No. And you just got to stay ready because you never know when that moment's going to be there for Grace Green. And we saw that not too awfully long back with Lindsey Elam. You're wondering, hey, when's my shot? When's my shot? Then all of a sudden she ties the NCAA record with five consecutive home runs, right? Stay yep. ready. Yep, stay ready. Uh, Chris from Edmond has checked. Did I tell you Chris from Edmond called me at Rudy's? Oh, he did? Yeah, like I was leaving Rudy's, and the manager was shook. He was shook. He goes, are you Chris Plank? And there was a party that was like, there's no way this guy has any idea who I am. And I'm like, yeah, man, what's up? He goes, You've got a phone call? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Chris, I was like, Chris from I was like, I, I Yeah, I was like, I've got a phone call. He goes, yeah, you got a phone call. There's someone that says they really need to talk to you. So in my mind, immediately, I'm like, well, I have my cell phone in my hand, and it's going crazy. But, yeah, Chris from Edmond. Just wanted to make sure that I got a shout-out. But he writes, he writes, I like Jabari Smith from Auburn. He's good. Reminds me of Kevin Durant. If you put Smith with Alexander and Josh Giddy, that's a big three. Yeah, I mean, I think either Smith or Boncaro are pretty intriguing options. Update Clipper pick is unprotected. Give that guy a job. He can become our our uh, NBA whose picks is it insider guy um this is good i broke out the pitchfork this morning in anger at that damn raccoon in my barn (laughs) (laughs) that was that was earlier in our conversation about 
That was earlier in our conversation about what dudes that when you're talking about pitchforks and and what what are they called? Fires, the the pit, torches and pitchforks. Sorry, I couldn't think of what a torch was for two seconds. Boy, it's going to be a long day. But when you think about that, how when was the last time you've ever used one or seen anyone use it? A pitchfork. L- little plank show context for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that I've ever. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever used a torch. I've not been cave uh, exploring or anything like that. Uh, and then there was there was one more that I saw there that I wanted to get to, and I completely – oh, yeah, that one. So there's been a great debate on the show here today, right? And that great debate centers around if Trey Morrison's working with the linebackers mm-hmm. or not. And so the question whenever he was talking about Defense, he mentioned a bunch of dudes, and it seemed as if, because the problem is they were asked a general question about defensive install, right? And then he started getting in a line. Here, I'll play the whole thing. Do we have? Oh, we don't have time here. Can we, you want to play it wrapping up? Just yeah, so we, we'll hit a T.O. and we'll – Okay, but the, the point on the text message was, I think he was referring to the new guys on defense, not linebackers. But yet he didn't mention anyone but linebackers. Was the whole point of it, right? And there's video of Trey Morrison with the other linebackers working out, getting coached up by Brent Venables from Lee Benson. So that's that's where that mystery kind of started, uh, and we'll we'll relive it here just to wrap thing. And who knows, Parker Thune might be like, no, 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 that's what it is, bros. I've got it all figured out. But we'll find out coming up at noon from him. But let's play what Brent Venables said next, right here on the ref. So just to put a wrap on this. I love it when we have a mystery on the show. Brent Venables was asked about linebackers, specifically, okay? Defensive install and linebackers, and here's what he said. Yep. This was from yesterday's presser. Yeah, so between Trey and TD and uh, uh, Jaron and uh, Kobe and uh, my uh, – Kip, coach. Kip. East Texas, 10. Kip. Okay, Kip, Kip, uh, that group. I think, is there anybody else? I think that's it for as far as new guys there. Um, again, they're, runner and hitter. they're runners and they're hitters. Um, really, again, obviously TD and Trey bring a lot of experience. They've played a lot of football, started a lot of football games, and have played at a high level. And um, so, you know, getting our packages, you know, together and things like that is where we're at with, with those guys. And the young guys just teaching them there's a language barrier for everybody. But particularly, that can stunt your growth as a as a young player. You haven't played much football, and so the older guys have an advantage there, obviously. And the younger guys have been, again, very eager and have flashed, have uh, shown some, uh, you know, the ability. And now we just got to make sure that we keep things simple for them, meet them where they're at, and help them along. But I've been pleased with with them as well. Hmm. There you go. I don't know. Fun stuff. I like it. Trey Morrison listed as a DB, five nine one eighty nine. The video of a six looks a little bit bigger than the front nine to me. but I can tell you it ain't Cody Jackson, though. No, it's not. <laughs> By the way, Cody Jackson, speaking of dudes that we forget about, right? Because every year it's about the new guys coming in. I don't think anyone's forgotten about Jill Farouk based on my timeline. But a Cody Jackson's a guy that he, he's a he's good under-the-radar yeah. breakout player selection. Yeah, battled injuries, I believe, last year. And I know that he was really tight. With Courtney Viney, I'm sorry, with Chip Viney, and how I think Chip even one game was was wearing his jersey, had it out there, kind of representing his dude. So 
I totally agree. I think that's a big time name to keep an eye on. How did what happened today? I just I want to have a moment. How did this show go from being well? And by the way, thanks to DJ Sanchez for joining us. Big time softball matchup tonight against Wichita, six o'clock. Um, I'm going to do the tickets on Twitter just because we ran out of time today. Gotcha. And KJ thanks, Kidler as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you to KJ. Th- uh, thanks to a diehard Sooner fan, Stephen, who said, listen, man, I'm not going to get to go to the game tonight, uh, and, and I actually have tickets for Saturday too. I want a Sooner fan to be able to go. Boom, so I got you. That's that's really cool. But we ended up, I mean, kind of like a three-hour football show today. I love it. That's I'm what not, it's, you know. And, and I don't really know – I don't really know if there is – I don't know if I've reached the point where I'm done talking about spring football yet. It's like, I got, can we have another hour? Because we didn't even touch on anything offensively today. And and we never got to the Danny Stutzman stuff. Ran out of time. Never got to the McGill Chavis cuts. Ran out of time. We'll have more offensive avail today. So, no, it's a lot great. of football. It's great. Have a wonderful day. Boomer Sooner to you, Mr. Plank. Yeah, it's 6 o'clock tonight. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Softball and baseball. Final non-network game of the season, which means after night, every single softball game will be available on the Varsity app and potentially some right here on the ref. Everyone have a great Tuesday. Thune, Steely and Thune at noon next.